Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. This is TCRS, the Coach Rogue Show. Sorry about that. I had a little bit of difficulties there at the start of the show, but we're both here. we got a lot to get to, so let's get to it. This is TCRS, the Coach Rogue Show. Taking you inside the locker room, into the coaching offices, and onto the field. Lace up the cleats. Grab the glove, pick up the bat, and get ready to play because it's time for Seminole Softball Monday on the Coach Rogue Show. And now, here are Jared Rogel and the head coach of FSU Softball, Lonnie Alameda. And welcome in, everybody. This is TCRS, the Coach Roadshow, Seminole Softball Monday. And we are always powered by Swivel Vision. Watch soon for videos to be released with Swivel Vision by softball player Alisa Goler. Visit www.swivelvision.com. We're also brought to you, as always, 
by the one and only Softball Spirit magazine, visit softballspirit.us, the only magazine targeted specifically for future-gen players. Again, softballspirit.us. I'm the coach, Jared Robel. On the phone with me is the head softball coach, as always, on Mondays of FSU, Ronnie Alameda. Coach, good to have you here, and, you know, after a great weekend for your ball club. Yeah, it was an awesome weekend. Um, so, sorry, Coach, really yep. quick, want to get to a couple of things before we jump into this. The comment of the week, hey, anybody out there, get on your computer, find Caitlin Lowe's retirement letter. You will understand why she means what she does to the sport. Also, notable performances really quick. James Madison, 8-2 to two win over Minnesota. And Lamar with a 9-1 win over Texas. Um, you know, hey, they also out-hit Texas 8-1. to Now, Coach, the next part of this opening here, the move of the week. And I know this is something that really means a lot to you. I'm going to play a short clip. We'll talk about it on the other side because I definitely want to get your thoughts on this past week's move of the week. For the first time in 10 years, Florida State is going back to the Women's College World Series. Courtney Phoenix, the offensive hero, they say, see it and make it happen. And she does a pitch that's right down the middle, and Phoenix just drives it out of the park. Of course, that was Pam Ward and Michelle Smith with the call from last year's game. And the move of last week, Courtney Phoenix signing an NPS contract with the Pennsylvania Rebellion, excuse me, Coach, let's start right there for today's show. Your thoughts when you saw the news come across the wires that Courtney Cenas is making that jump to the NPS? Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty outstanding. Um, Coach Monavitas is someone I played for when I went over and played in Europe, and so I have a pretty good relationship with him. And so we've been talking a little bit about the move. And um, Bree Hamilton, one of our former players, also plays with the Rebellion. So she got a little inside scoop on the fact that, uh, you know, they needed an outfielder and someone that competes like Courtney does. So not a better competitor, not a better family person, in my opinion, than what Courtney brings to the team. And uh, is this going to do wonders as she goes into the pro league? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Anybody out there that is listening to the show now or listens to the replay, I'm going to throw this question out. The first person, I will send an autographed ball from one of the NPS teams from from this season, the first person that tweets the answer out to this question, and it will be picked at complete random, name, name two of the Florida State players in 1997 that went to the NPS. Tweet that out. Make sure you put at Coach Roadshow, and that's Coach R-O-G-E-S, two players from Florida State's 1997 team that went to the NPS. Give us the names and the players. So, Coach, let's get into this little moment of the week last week. Obviously, Coach Candrea getting his 1,400th win. Um, FSU coming in to this week, 13-5 overall, 3-0 now in the ACC. Coach, I got to ask you this. What is it about scoring five runs against BC? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think uh, just for us to, to come in, we had a little bit of weather here, and uh, so it was kind of a, a little chilly, rainy weekend. And, um, you know, BC, like I said, has gotten better, and Allie Fry did a good job. And I'm just really excited that, that we got three three wins, swept the series, and uh, getting better every time we get out. Al, 
I'm going to start with this on, on this past weekend's games, Coach. From a coaching standpoint, you know, your players are ready to go, and it seemed West Coast to East Coast, didn't matter where you were, games were getting suspended or canceled. Talk about what you do as a head coach when, you know, your players are ready, the, re- the routines are being done, they're ready to go, and all of a sudden you get that game being suspended or, or being canceled. Talk about, from a head coaching standpoint, what you do to kind of keep your team, you know, in the right frame of mind. Yeah, um, I don't think uh, it's something that we do right now. I think it's something that we practice in the fall, and that's something that comes with leadership. So, um, you know, we, we talk about kind of show-and-go mentality at times. And, you know, if you put your training in in the off season, it doesn't matter when the umpire says play ball, you're ready to go. So if that's at game time or if that's a 30-minute delay due to lightning or it's a cold weather day and, and you know, things change because the field's not ready – you're literally prepared to show up and play when the umpire says go. So that's something we talk about a ton. And, uh, you know, I think that the upperclassmen give you the tone of, hey, you know, I'm ready to lose. I'm going to go hang out in the locker room. We're going to play some games, watch some videos, do something, you know. And then, hey, when the umpire says go, let's bring it together as a group and, you know, do the summer fight song and let's get after it. So, Coach, let's talk a little bit about these games. Game one, Lacey Wilder, five innings gets 15 of her 16 batters she faces out, uh, strikes out six uh, without a walk. Talk about game one for us and, and, you know, what your expectations were going into it and what your thoughts were after it. Yeah. Uh, I think on the pitching staff side of it, uh, our adjustments from California, the trip to California to coming into this weekend, we're attacking the zone. We wanted to limit the walks. Uh, We really wanted to do some pretty good stuff in transitioning our pitches, and I think Lacey did a great job of that with her drop ball and curveball. Lacey and uh, Bailey combined for that game where Bailey Chanella, you know, comes in and and has had some some deadly movement on her pitches too, and and her whole thing was looking the zone also, which she did an outstanding job of. So Jessica Burroughs is probably the rookie of the group when she gets out there, and and the same thing, the whole pitcher's mentality was attacking the zone. So, very excited for uh, their improvements from last weekend to this weekend, and we're going to get to the drawing boards and make more improvements as we go into Boca this coming weekend. And we'll get to that here in the second half of the show, Coach. Game two was, obviously, for those that don't know, I'll let them know, a split game. Uh, it was delayed in the top of the third inning um, with the score 1-1. One to one. You know, that game, I, I got to say that the – the theme of that game against you has to be mental toughness to go out, start with, you know, start the way that you guys did with the errors and then have the game called and then to come back the following day, you know, and end up uh, taking that game. Kind of walk us through that whole process of that game over those two days. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, actually, I think just because I want to say it was probably – you know, maybe 40 degrees out with um, some participation, participation, precipitation in the air. And so, you know, I honestly think mental toughness was um, the fact that we knew the sunshine was going to be out the next day. So it really wasn't challenged in that sense. You know, it would have been actually to come back in 45-minute delay and play again. So I don't know if we got challenged too much in that, other than the fact that both teams were completely elated that we were actually starting the next day when the sunshine was out. So, um, but, you know, crazy enough, the, the game was halted in the third inning, the start of the third inning. So it was really like coming out and just playing another game. It was a shortened one. So it was a one-to-one game, which is really zero to zero. Um, We played two full innings and, you know, there was no count that we were going into. There was no runners on base. So 
it was a pretty simple halted delay for us and, and to turn around and have a 60 degree day and works into the seventies by, you know, the second game, it was a lot. That was a pretty easy one for us. Now game three, you, you know, you said after the game that you really expected Allison Fry to be there, that she's been, you know, hitting her locations. What, what, if anything, did you all talk about going, you know, going into game three, you know, pretty much knowing that Allison Pride was going to be that game three pitcher? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's through a lot of innings this weekend. And, you know, they, they gave us uh, everything they had, you know, coming at us, trying to, to get one of the games. And, you know, Allie Fry is a freshman. She's a competitor. Um, you know, I think that we have a lot of our at-bats from the California trips kind of on our back. And, you know, if you kind of know anything – talking to to the the baseball softball crew I mean you can let a bats kind of like pile up on your shoulders and, and really bring the weight of the world down on you and so you know I would say that Allie hitting her spots and really competing you know made it a little bit tougher for us and I think that's the growing pains that we're working through right now is letting at bats go letting weekends go letting maybe performances the outcome part go and just keep working the process and so Allie did a good job of mixing the in and out, and, you know, we've got to work a little bit better at, you know, sitting a zone and, and working that and, and just being free when we go up there swinging. Um, that's interesting you bring that up, Coach, because when, when you look at the ball counts and, and when the swings were being taken, it kind of seemed, especially in that third game against Fry, that at least in the first couple innings, the batters were kind of waiting and, and trying more to look for their – individual pitch is that something you all stressed against her mm-hmm. yeah we stress that in general i think uh anytime you're going to be a good hitter at the highest level in the last 16 teams in the country you're going to face pitchers that can really paint the bat black and they're going to go with their best stuff and if you don't have a plan going to the plate if you don't know what you're looking for and you can't get a good swing off for your team uh, you're not training yourself all season long to, to be able to do that. So we really do that. We harp that. Uh, we look for something each hitter can handle and what the situation presents itself. So uh, sometimes you add that with maybe a favorable umpire zone and it becomes a little bit tougher. doesn't mean that, you know, you can't compete. It's just that you got to change your mindset a little bit. And I think this weekend we had a little inconsistent umpire zone, which is, is part of the game, and, and you got to make adjustments. And we are just a young team, and we are just learning that. This is TCRS, the Coach Road Show, brought to you by Swivel Vision, Training Goggles, and Softball Spirit Magazine. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about the upcoming trip down the Boca. This is TCRS. Like I tell parents, I can't promise you that we're going to win a national championship or your kid's going to win one. Um, But the only thing I can really promise them is how I treat their daughter. And I always say that I want to treat their daughter like they're my own. And um, to me, that's a big part of my job as a head coach uh, in softball is that, you know, I've got to prepare them for life after softball. Beth Tarina, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, Coach Mike Lucas. Coach, welcome to the show. It's always good to have a celebrity in town. Welcome to Lafayette. Welcome to Katie Dutcher. Glad to hear. I love Mike Singletary, a former Bears. His quote says, I want the best seven seconds out of my opponent. I want you at your best. And then after that seven seconds, I will grab your hand and lift you up so I can have your best seven seconds again. If you drink a Yoo-Hoo and you don't like it, I will give you your money back. And now it's time for your host, Jared Rogel. And we're back here live on TCRS. And Coach, let's jump to it. The upcoming trip to Boca, first of all, we ended last week's show 
with this question. So I got to ask you, projecting into this coming week, which coach on the coaching staff is going to have the best golf score? Yeah. <laughs> I wish there was golf time in there, honestly. <laughs> um, I would say if we did, you know, get those sticks going down there and um, got a chance to play, it probably would be Coach Wilson, I would say. He, he's the one that swings it probably the best. But I think as we're looking at it right now, I'm not going to get a chance to, to take those golf sticks down there and swing it. We're actually going to be pretty busy with uh, that. But we are sneaking a spring training Red Sox game in uh, versus the Cardinals. So we're pretty excited about that, going out and watching some baseball. And I'll tell you this right now, the Red Sox are going to smoke my hometown team. Every team is going to smoke the Cardinals this year. Oh, but that is here nor there. Coastal, let's jump to it. The first game is going to be against 11-8 and eight Coastal Carolina. Um, they've not, they have nine run roll wins this season. They have not played outside of South Carolina. In fact, they haven't played a game this year outside of their home stadium. Being, how much of an impact do you think that may have on them coming from the weather they've had up there to now what they're going to expect to see down in Florida? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've played Coastal a couple times, and you know, I just go back to the fact that they've always been a little unorthodox in things they do and just, you know, very scrappy. They've always been a very scrappy team. And there are quite a few of those mid-majors that are pretty scrappy coming in. And, uh, you know, when you've been in some cold weather, you're going to do some amazing things in some 70-degree weather. You're just really excited to be out where we've been pretty fortunate. We haven't had anything but maybe some drizzles. So we're out in the field all the time. So the ones that get to get out in the dirt and run around, it's like, you know, Christmas Day for them. So I expect, you know, elated happiness to be in some sunshine and then complete scrappiness because that's what the Chanticleers do. So now when you look at uh, when you look at Coastal Carolina and, and you said it a couple times there with them being scrappy, what do you what do your hitters need to do and what do your fielders need to be ready for? Yeah, well, you know, I think for us we just gotta go out and continue to get better as a program and continue to put our plans and, and make ourselves better. So you're going to face a team that, when I say unorthodox, you know, they may be doing bunting with bases loaded. They may be doing things that just kind of aren't the norm just because they've got a scrappy crew that however you're going to get it done, you're going to get it done. So expect everything. Don't assume. And, uh, you know, play a solid offensive, defensive, and pitching game that we can play as Florida State softball. Uh, Coach, next team will be Hofstra right now. They're sitting at 5-5 five and five with huge win over a team that we both know I know very well, a team that you'll see here in a couple weeks. They have a 3-2 win over Notre Dame, allowing hits to only Wester and Simon and two wins over Iowa. This Hofstra team could be probably one of the most underrated teams going into this upcoming tournament. What are you expecting out of a program like that when you hear those stats against a team like Notre Dame? Yeah, I think anyone that knows Hofstra, uh, you don't underrate them. Uh, they've been, you know, super regional team. They've been knocking on the door of, you know, their their champ- conference championship year in and year out. You know, they're always off to a slow start because they train in a gymnasium for, you know, the whole month of January and the start of February. So it just takes them a while to get their, their wheels rolling on the field. And, uh, you know, this is about the time they get going. So there's no underrated in that program. They are they're definitely legit in what they do and uh, you know, very well coached. Now, Memphis will be another squad that you all face down there and 
they're, they're, I'm looking more at one of their losses that they have, one of their seven losses, than I am looking at their 12-9 win against Texas Tech. I'm not putting a lot of stock in that. What I am putting a lot of stock in is their 10-2 to loss in six against Purdue. Purdue, for those people that don't know, hopefully everybody does at this point, but Purdue lost probably the two best players they've had in the past decade coming into this season in Andy Varsho and Tori Kyoto. Coach, when you look at when you look at those games, Memphis, obviously, you know, they're gonna play two more before they head down there. They'll play Old Miss tomorrow at Old Miss and they'll have a chance to host uh Ball State, I believe, on Wednesday. Um, you know, where where do you see Memphis right now? Um, you know, I, I haven't kind of funny that uh Memphis and uh, Louisville are on the schedule this year. Two teams that I've never played, uh, don't know much about, and uh, kind of excited to see what they're all about. I think when you look at the schedule and uh, what they've done over the years, I would put them in the same category as uh, Coastal Carolina, FAU. I mean, they're all just scrappy, pretty motivated, you know, driven organizations to to go out and try to play the best softball they can. So, um, but yeah, don't know a whole lot about them, and uh, excited to play them. Now, a team that we know is always going to come out very, very fast, FAU, sitting at 16 and 3 right now. Obviously, a Hall of Fame coaching staff down there. Um, you know, the three losses, though, I'm looking at some very, a very tight loss, a 7 6 loss against Kansas, who everybody should be looking at this team, especially one player in particular, uh, Shannon Nodine, who is the most under the radar, I will say that's the most under the radar player probably in the country um, with Kansas. And then, you know, a 12-4 loss against LSU. Let's be real, it's LSU. But then the 4-0 stinging loss to Stephen F. Austin. When you look at FAU, Coach, what do you particularly have to do against a team that you know right off the gate in that game is going to come out very fast, very strong? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of Floridians on the team, uh, you know, kids that we've seen play over and over again. But, um, you know, usually they get one pitcher that competes in the circle. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of go back to I think we're going to go down and face a lot of programs that are a bit the same. Um, and, you know, Hofstra might be the one that has a little more um, postseason experience and postseason history than maybe the other ones. But um, definitely thinking that, you know, we really have to challenge ourselves to play our game. So, um, there are going to be a few kids we identify. There's going to be a few things that we really have to make sure we stay on our toes with, with, you know, FAU and, and all of them. But, uh, you know, the, the speed, the scrappiness, the, the grit mentality is something that we're going to face this weekend every time we get out with someone that we're playing down there. Through Coastal Carolina, Hofstra, Memphis, FAU. And then, you know, in softball, you never want to overlook. I, I've learned this over the years from watching it. You never want to overlook anybody. So you get yeah. through those games, and then you play Bethune Cookman, who right now is four and fifteen. Obviously, they've had a lot of you know tough games on their schedule um, up to this point. Really, like we've said many times, at this point, you really don't look that much into anybody's um, records, you know, right now. But what do you what do you do going into that game from a coaching standpoint to make sure that your kids never play? I don't. I, I want to be careful. I say, don't play down, but continue to play FSU softball. Mhm. Yeah. Well, I think you start that in September. I think you started that 
seven years ago when I inherited the program. I think that's something that you make as a standard for the program. And so, um, you know, that's the kicker. That's the key. Sometimes you, you, you win some that you feel like, oh, what the heck, you know, the, the Florida State top 10 team, they should be run ruling this team. But in the reality, it's it's a dog days. It's, you know, you're into your, oh, you know, the excitement of the beginning of the year. Can't really see the end of the year. You got the middle dog days right now. And, you got to figure it out as a team and get through it. So um, I definitely think the, the overlooking part happens at times. And, you know, you, you've got to learn how to train your body so that you're mentally fit along with physically fit to, to handle the, the duration of a 60-game schedule. Uh, Coach, let's kind of talk a little – let's go around softball a little bit here to end the show. You know, I, I said it earlier, Mike can't, Coach Mike Andrea getting that 1,400 win – um, you know, this past weekend, kind of talk about for, for those that don't realize what Coach Candrea means to this sport, kind of talk a little bit about his overall impact and, and what he means to the sport of softball and, and in particular college softball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for a long time there, Coach Candrea was a, a huge icon in the sense that um, you know, he came a little bit from the baseball side, jumped into the softball side. The Pacific 10, the, the Pac-12, you know, was a huge hotbed in softball. There were some dog fights with UCLA and Arizona and a lot of national championships. There was times where the Pac was the whole World Series. You know, eight teams, six of them would be the Pac conference, you know. And um, I know when I was at Stanford and we, you know, made it, we're playing UCLA and Berkeley at the World Series, who we play on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday conference weekend. Kind of crazy. Then the SEC opened up and, you know, softball opened up, Big Ten, SEC. I mean, just it's really gone to higher levels. And so, you know, Coach Candrea has been, had to, you know, really change some of the things. He wasn't getting the pick of the litter all the time, you know, and so kids are coming out this way. And, you know, he's evolved his program to be consistent. He teaches the game. He was our USA, you know, coach, he's grows the game everywhere he can grow it. He's a quality person that literally is going to treat every one of his players like it's a family member. And he's done that from day one and he's evolved and changed and done things. And Arizona has always been at the top of their game. And so it's an amazing atmosphere. If anyone loves the game of softball, definitely should swing into Tucson and watch a softball game there. There's a lot of tradition and um, just an amazing atmosphere that he's created there. And so, um, you know, one of those people that is highly respected in our game and continues to grow and continues to teach. And that's the key is we, we all got to continue to grow, give back, teach the game, teach it to younger kids, teach it to players, teach the ones that are aspiring to be coaches to take over in the footsteps of someone like him, you know, and go from there. So um, just a tremendous person overall. Uh, Coach, really quick, your thoughts on the other big uh, head coach that actually had her number retired, uh, the number 44, now retired for those that don't know, at uh, Fresno State as Laura Berg gets her number retired there. Coach, your thoughts on Laura Berg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if anyone was able to see her play, probably one of the most competitive players on the field. Don't ever know that she was really the, the loud, outgoing one. Um, you know, I think people overlooked her sometimes and her craftiness and, and her grit. She was probably one of the most gritty players that, that I saw play and um, was, a, was a big fu- fundamental to that USA program because she played the game so hard and now is giving that back to her players. Um, you know, it's probably really learned a lot as a coach still with the USA organization, but as a coach at Oregon State and 
um, you know, it's different. Playing is different than coaching, and, and kids are a little bit different nowadays. And, you know, she's got a great program. Got to see them out there in, in Palm Springs play and um, a great coaching staff that she's put together. So uh, another one of the greats, another one that's been around, Coach Crandrea. All of us have little pieces of us with them. You know, it, it's a, the coaching role is a big family, and we're all trying to keep this game going at the highest level it can. And, and Coach Berg, she she does a great job with that. Coach, a great show as always. Any closing comments um, for FSU fans before we end today's show? No, I just know that, you know, you're a big Irish fan, and we have another big ACC tournament game coming up, and uh, we're going down to get some sunshine and try to work some things out and get after the top two teams in the ACC just getting after it. And it's going to be a great weekend and two weekends from now. So anyone wants to come out and – and root and root for some great softball and ACC softball. You know, it's going to be a big one here in two weekends. Coach, you can't put me on the spot like that. I've had I've had the discussion with you. <laughs> I've, had the, I've had the discussion. I had the discussion with Coach Trump in uh, uh, down in Vegas as well. And I am not putting on any FSU gear or Notre Dame gear that week. <laughs> but ne- yeah. I will let everybody know next week's show. First of all. Tomorrow we may have Glenmore on. For those that don't know, I will be out in uh, Fullerton this weekend for the Judy Garman Classic to cover that. We're going to try to get Coach Glenmore on from Baylor tomorrow at some point to kind of talk about that and preview that. A lot of great teams going to be out there, uh, Arizona, Michigan, Arizona State, Auburn. All the good teams are going to be out there. It's, it's pretty much the second biggest tournament. Um, you know, of of this tournament season. So I will be broadcasting next week from California. Um, show will be at the same time, though. It'll still be at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern time. So hopefully we can have everybody here listening in. Coach, I'll let you uh, close out the show. Yeah, well, enjoy some softball. Hopefully the weather goes away for this great game for everyone to see it. And Jared, thank you for everything you do. It's an awesome game, and and we're really getting to to people's living rooms right now or workspaces, either one, and just really appreciate that. Coach, we look forward to having you on next week to talk about how the team did down in Boca. Have a good time uh, watching our Cardinals against the uh, Red Sox down there. This has been TCRS, the Coach Roadshow, powered by – Swivel Vision Training Goggles, and Softball Spirit Magazine. Don't forget, you can follow Coach Alameda on Twitter. Her handle is Coach underscore Alameda. You can follow the TCRS staff on Twitter at Coach Roadshow, and that's Coach R-O-G-E-S. And you can follow me as well on Twitter at Coach Rogel, and that's Coach R-O-G-O-L. Until next time, later times, everybody. <laughs>